Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Blaine Elkers, owner and operator of Selffluence. And Blaine is the only CRO, which is a Chief Results Officer. How are you doing, Blaine? Hey, Stephen, I am doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. I am excited to be here and then to maybe share some things that uh, that can help some people along the this path of life. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and thanks for having me. No, I, I'm excited because literally you are the only CRO in the world, correct? Uh, yes, I, I, <laughs> I am a America's only chief results officer. And I, I do have the registered trademark. So the R with the little circle, which uh, carries a little more power than just the old TM. Uh, but but uh, yeah, and that's that's been a little bit of a journey, but it's it's uh, it's where I, I, I think um, the universe or God wants me to be. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. That's very cool. So how did you get into or come up with that branding and make that kind of your direction that you went to? Yeah, I, I had a... I had a couple of moments of dawning comprehension, you know, where the light bulb goes off and, and kind of your life is never the same. And for me, the first one of those, which kind of led me to this path was I, I was in college and uh, maybe some of the listeners are kind of seekers. Like I'm always seeking knowledge. How can I do better? And I saw this ad for this book called um, it was, it was for an audio cassette tape. So now I'm dating myself. It was the eighties, uh, <laughs> but I was in college and I saw this ad for the reading of the an abridged version of this book, Think and Grow Rich. And I thought, oh, that, that sounds pretty cool. It was read by this guy, Earl Nightingale, who later became a mentor of mine. But but I, I sent away for that audio tape and I listened to it and I got the book and I read the book and it was there I, I, in college, I realized, and I, I made a little saying, why table? What you think about, you bring about. And this book was all about thinking grow rich. Now, the riches could be uh, of anything. It could be money. He talked about money, but it could also be a good health, harmonious relationships, a good family life, um, you know, a, a being a good parent, right? Whatever you want, there was kind of this systematic way for you to get that thing by kind of controlling your thoughts, but not just your thoughts, what you think about, you bring about, meaning that you had to take action on the thoughts. So it wasn't like total law of attraction. It was like the law of attraction with action. So, so, so I got that and I started to have some pretty good success by using that, I actually met my wife in college. We've been married 30 years now, so that's pretty Congratulations. good. Congratulations. Um, yeah. And uh, and so I had some success, and I my degrees in computer science, and I was I had a job as uh, as a kind of a tech support person for this company, and I was away on a big business trip. And so dawning comprehension moment number two came when I came home from this business trip, my son, Bo, he was one year old at the time, and he was acting like weird when I got back. And I'm like, Beth, is uh, is Bo sick or what, what's going, what's what's wrong? He says, well, you were gone so long that he kind of forgot who you were. And I was like, whoa, I, that's why he's like kind of give me the cold shoulder. So that like hit me emotionally pretty deep. And I made what I call a clarifying decision that night. And I said, no matter what happens, I am going to become a work from home dad. And so I, then I remembered like when I was a kid, both my parents worked and I came home to an empty house and uh, you know, I, mean, I had all this, you know, emotional baggage around it. Um, but, but I made that decision 
And it took me a year. My wife and I were pretty conservative. You want to save up money. She's like, hey, if you can make more from this other business you're starting, more than your regular job, and we have six months worth of living expenses in the bank, yes, you can quit your job. So it took me a year. But a year later, I did leave that job. And that was 27 years ago. So now the kids are grown and out of the house. But I've been this work from home person, this work from home dad. And that's what gave me the flexibility to begin to pursue what it is that I really liked. And, and what I really liked was helping people get results, kind of helping people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. And in 2009, I started a company called Self-Fluence, which is kind of the art and science of influencing yourself, or what I like to say, the power you already have to influence yourself. You don't need anything else. That, that three-pound tool upstairs in your head, that gray matter is, is more than enough. You've got a, a more than enough uh, you know, firepower to, to kind of control your life. And so I started down that path and I started working with people and then organizations and then mastermind groups, which are kind of like collections of usually like collections of business owners was is, is what I've done a lot of work with. And they said, look, you're helping us get results every week. We're going to call you the chief results officer. And I said, hey, I like that. And I looked around. Nobody really had that title. So I went to the U.S. Uh, patent and trademark office. And I said, look, uh, no one's using this. I'm using it. Can I have the registered trademark? So it took maybe six or seven months uh, for that process, a few hundred dollars, not, not that, not that much. And I got the registered trademark. So now, um, you know, you have to come license that for me if you want to be a chief results officer, at least in America. And so that's how I kind of, I don't know if that's more of a story than you wanted, but that's how I ended up, you know, kind of becoming America's only chief results officer. And today that's what I do. I, I basically help people with, um, I help people with more with personal implementation. It's kind of like getting you, getting yourself to do the things you know you should do, but you're not doing. So less of a business coach, more of a personal coach. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of business experience, but a lot of my best frameworks, like the things that business owners need the most is more on the personal side. For example, habits, right? So I have a, a framework of 21 second habits, how to create new habits in 21 seconds, not 21 days. And that new habit creation can really lead, can really be a pivotal point for people. Uh, another thing that... Um, business owners struggle with is time management. So I have another framework called the 30 minute hour, how to get an hour's worth of stuff done in just 30 minutes. Cause time is what most entrepreneurs, many people outside of business owners are behind. Uh, another framework is, is how to hack your head trash. Like a lot of people have a lot of head trash and how do you hack that head trash? How do you get rid of that head trash? So even though all those things help them with their business, yeah, it tends to be more on the, on the personal side. Interesting. So then when you'd work with companies then, is it just that upper management or do you get called in for kind of like company-wide retreat type things or seminars? Like how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so for companies, it would be, I'd be brought in for a certain event, could be a annual planning meeting, could be a kickoff the new year meeting. Uh, but primarily what, uh, what I work with uh, and, and still do is mastermind groups. And so a mastermind group is where someone will put together a collection of owners. Let's say, um, you know, one of my largest is dentist. So I have, I know this gentleman, he put together a mastermind group of, of 
dental practice, people that own, people who are dentists who own their own practice. And I would help those dentists get results kind of on a weekly basis. And so that's, that's what I kind of, I like working with business owners, either one-on-one or, or through that mastermind group where I'm also, you know, not, not paid by the hour, but I'm paid by the results. So I, I, I get a little kind of a commission on each member each month when they pay their fee. But if I can, if I can grow the membership, I, I can grow my income, but also if I can have the members stay longer because they're getting results, you know, then, then that, that helps me as well. But mastermind groups and then individual business owners are, are my two largest, um, you know, bodies that, that I work with right now, more, more so than kind of corporate clients. Gotcha. And you said you were a software engineer previously. I, I, I am, I can still, I can still do a little. So can, so how did you make that switch between software engineer to emotional intelligence and habits, if you will? Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been all the way back to college, right? I've always been this like seeker of knowledge, self-improvement. And, and so that that's kind of been a theme through my whole life. And so for me, it took me a number of years and a number of corporate jobs and eno- enough money in the bank, so to speak, to be able to really kind of break free you know, from, from that. Um, and so one of the company, one of the things I did is when I had that, that uh, moment of dawning comprehension, I made that clarifying decision. I'm going to work for myself. I started two different companies, but one of those was a software placement agency where we would get the software engineer, we would get them a job for, let's say they're going to get paid $35 an hour, but we would get paid $45 an hour to do all the overhead and and bring them in, right? So, So we started kind of this job placement services company. So I was still in that you know, I, I was working on, it was my own business that I own, but I was still kind of in that. So it was kind of a little bit of a bridge business for me. So I did that for a little while while I then, you know, built up, uh, you know, some other businesses and and got myself into kind of more of the, the self-improvement space. So it was a little bit of a transition business in there. But then once I got into full-time, you know, kind of my own business and, and self-fluence, that's where, you know, I, I just loved it. And, and I, I feel like, I'm on the planet to do that. It, uh, my wife and I, we'd often talk about the Powerball test. Does it pass the Powerball test? And it does. And that means like if last weekend, last Saturday night, I won the Powerball, I would still be here today on this podcast because I feel like it's my calling to do. Now, I may be giving away free cars and it might have been a wild time on this podcast, but I would still be here even <laughs> if I won the, the billion dollar Powerball, uh, you know, last last Saturday night. Very cool. So within your methodologies then is are these like proprietary systems that you've created your 30 minutes an hour are these trainings and teachings that you've gathered throughout your years of education and knowledge seeking itself that you've kind of repackaged and repurposed for your own and kind of made it into one central hub of habits yeah yeah so it's a, it's a great question so so most of the stuff is kind of self-evident um, you know, and, and, and self-discovered, like I, you know, I, I figured it out and then I went and studied it deeper. Right. Uh, and, and so you, you, everything that we teach through self-fluence, um, you know, everything you need is within reach. You're already doing it and you can become a master at it. Right. So for example, like this 21 second habits, that, that, that framework that I, I discovered that framework, uh, through my wife. And so my wife actually, uh, th- I'm glad this is past tense. She used to have nearly daily migraine headaches, mm-hmm. so a migraine headache nearly every day. And it, it was debilitating for her. So I went to a lot of doctors and specialists. And this one doctor said, look, you got to fill out this headache log. 
Okay. And you got to fill it out every day. And it's like pretty detailed. Like, what are you eating? What's the weather? What's the barometric pressure? Uh, you know, what do you think triggers triggering the headaches? So she could do it for a couple of days and then she would lose it. She would forget to do it. Then she'd have a migraine and I'd ask her about it. That was bad news. Uh, so, so she couldn't do it for more than two or three days without losing it or giving up on it. And then one night I was watching her brush her teeth. And so my wife has really nice teeth. And she is the dentist <laughs> person. She does the dentist recommended two minutes in the morning mm -hmm. and two minutes at night without fail, no willpower required. Sure. And so the first key to the 21 second habit is something I call habit linking. And so basically we took the headache log, put it underneath the toothbrush and the toothpaste, put a pen there. And every day when she would brush her teeth, she'd fill out the log. And she went from two or three days and then lose it, can't do it to 90 days in a row without missing a day. And she never lost it because it was always in the bathroom underneath the toothbrush. We knew where that was. Uh, and that made a big difference. Today, she has a migraine headache maybe once every couple of months. So it's, it's uh, actually fantastic. But that's the first key uh, is, is habit linking. So it's you, the way you can start a new habit in 21 seconds is to link it to a habit that you're already a habit master at, and there's no willpower required. Now, it's better... If you can actually, the second part to that, so first part is, is ha habit linking. The second part is urge surfing. And so the second part is if you can surf the urge to want to do something else, you have this high desire to do something and you can use the energy of that urge to get yourself to do the new habit, that's even stronger. So example is I saw my wife with the habit linking, right? And I said, okay, I want to start a new habit every day. Uh, and I knew that if I really wanted to do it every day, I probably should do it first thing in the morning. Every day, I wanted to do this Bible app uh, that, that I had, but I also wanted to take a mind shower, right? So, so just like I take a physical shower every day, I wanted to kind of wash my mind. I know social media and the news media and even family and friends. I mean, I, there's a lot of trash, head trash accumulating up in my head, right? And so I wanted to get rid of that. Uh, and so what I thought about is, okay, what do I do? without any willpower required, first thing every single day. The first thing I do is I open up my cell phone. Now, I open up my cell phone, sometimes the alarm's going off, but I open my cell phone, no willpower required, always right. the first thing I do, why? Because I wanna know, like my son lives in Denmark, uh, my daughter is a doctor, like they text me in the middle of the night sometimes. I want to know, did any orders come in? What emails? What's going on in the world? What's that? What, you know, all this stuff. I want to know what's going on. Like I have this high des desire. And then some of my, my apps will have those little circles with the number of messages waiting for you. Like, I really want to see that stuff. And I would surf that urge. And so what I did is on my phone, I moved all the apps off the home screen. And I just put those two apps in there, the Bible app and the app called Headspace, which is what I use for the, for the mind shower. And, and I said, look, when I open my phone, I have to do those before I can do anything else. Uh, and so today, today actually was day 1,710 days in a row that I've done those habits. Uh, now, I, I, I like the apps because they track your street. How many days in a row have you done mm -hmm. it? Um, so that's kind of cool. But literally years and years and years, I've opened that cell phone every single day, smartphone every single day. Uh, and so first of all, I did the habit linking. I don't need any willpower. I'm going to open that phone every day. And then the second part is I surf the urge, right? To want to do that, right? So, so figure out what, what's an urge you can surf. And then the third part is the leverage on yourself. Now you can get leverage on yourself in a number of ways. 
the, the, the carrot and the stick both work, right? So you could have the stick, meaning you have a penalty. If I don't do it, you make a pact with someone else, a spouse, a friend. Hey, if I don't do this habit, there's some kind of penalty. Could be that you have to do work you hate. Could be that money's paid to a charity or a, a political organization that you hate. You know what? Some kind of penalty behind you falling, you know, not doing the habit. And then also the carrot works. Give yourself a reward. I, I prefer that one where I give myself a reward. If, if I could do this seven days in a row, then I'm going to buy that new book I want, right? Um, something like that. And the other leverage happens is streaks create leverage. What I mean by that is after you get psychologically, after you get three or four days in a row, you don't want to break the chain. You don't want to break that habit, um, you know, and it becomes stronger. Now, scientifically, I play a little play on words, 21 second habit versus 21 days. After 21 days, the neurons of your brain do start to form that new habit. So it starts to, you're, you're thinking about it, but it's not automatic pilot. It actually takes 63 days. Now they have brain science that can measure the brain um, to such a degree that it takes about 63 days to really wire the habit in so it can kind of stand on its own, right? Mm -hmm. So, so but habit linking, uh, urge surfing, and, and then leverage. Uh, another example, I was just with a, a client the other day and she's like, Blaine, you always talk about next day planning, which I think is a key, like plan your day out. Uh, and so she's like, I want to do it but I'm not doing it. And I said, okay, what's the first thing you do every morning? No willpower required without fail. She says, I have a cup of coffee. And I said, great. I want you to buy the coffee machine, put a pad of paper and a pen. And if you don't have your plan for the day, I want you to make the coffee, smell the coffee, get really er amped up to drink that coffee, but you can't drink the coffee till you start the plan. Right. Uh, and so now she's got the habit linking. She got the urge surfing. And once she got a number of days in a row, it, it became a new habit that, that could stand on its own. But but it took the coffee, uh, the coffee to do it. <laughs> Does that make That's sense? Mm -hmm. No, it makes total sense. And I really should read the, the book Atomic Habits, but I'm, I'm curious. Have you read that at all? Uh, I, I have. And so he does, he talks about, uh, he, he calls it habit stacking, where you can stack one habit on top of another, but he doesn't really go into the urge surfing or, or the leverage side, but fantastic book on the New York Times bestseller list, uh, highly recommended. Very cool. So really, you're in the realm of personal development for entrepreneurs, CEOs, C-suite level execs, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Basically helping them kind of take control of their lives by taking control of themselves, for sure, uh, and and it's um it's exciting. It's it's exciting to to watch that person and and as they as a person gets more organized, most people most people are behind, especially business owners. They're like a day behind, and I like to watch them go from being a day behind to just behind to caught up to being ahead to being a day ahead. And I like to live like life is better when you're living it a day ahead, meaning you wake up <laughs> and there's no to do's. You might have meetings uh -huh. or podcasts to do, but all the to do's are done already. And you're kind of working on things for tomorrow or the next day uh, or, or the next day. And I found that when I got myself to that point, that life was better, like like I could interface with my friends more. I could be there more for my family. Um, you know, I was I was just a better husband, a better father, uh, because I had and a better friend because I wasn't kind of in this urgency, you know, almost put out the fire mode. Now, some days I fall back into that, obviously, but most of the days I'm, I'm, uh, I'm living that, what I call a day ahead lifestyle. And, and I think you can get there. A lot of it is, is mindset too, you, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, it's interesting. A lot of people say, have you heard of the 80, 20 rule? Have you, have you heard of that, mm -hmm. Stephen? Yeah, okay, so 80% of what you can accomplish is done by 20% of the actual work. 
of what you do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 20% of what you do produces 80% of your results. And, and nearly everyone believes that like to their core and they see the examples in their life. Um, but they're, but when they make the switch to, to actually live that 80, 20, that's a big change. And what happens is when you realize if I have 10 things on my to-do list, right, probably two of them are really important. And the other eight, I could push to tomorrow. And when you, when you really embrace that, you know, two out of 10, one out of five, you know, when you really embrace that, I do this, um, I, I call it proactive procrastination, but I push things out to tomorrow on purpose. And that gives me more time to work on the importance. So now if I just watch Netflix or whatever, and I don't do it, that's, that's not helpful. But if you're careful about it, you know, you push that, that stuff out. And if I push something out three, four five days, it wasn't that important. Now, sometimes it's a deadline and it's urgency grows and I have to do it. But, but doing that, living that 80, 20, really focusing on, on the 20 and kind of ousting the 80 that begins to create that space uh, to gain kind of control of your life, uh, you know, and, and move out of that kind of chaos overwhelm stage and into something a little bit more manageable. That's great. And so for, you'd say your ideal client then, right? What, what kind of demographics do they fit into? Are they a certain level of achieving business owners or are they just like anyone who wants to do better? Kind of what, what are your metrics as far as who is your ideal yeah, um, you know, my ideal person is a, a business owner who knows that they want to get better results, more results in their business, maybe and, and or in their personal life or their health, right? And and they want more results, and they know that they can't do it on their own, and and they're looking to up level, right? That's that's kind of and and I, I have a lot of um, uh, attorneys, dentists, um, interior designers. You know, there's different categories of of business owners, but it, but it's um you know it's probably a business owner doing you know a hundred thousand dollars or more in their business, you know, and um and and looking for you know they know they need more accountability, uh, they know there's a, a a higher gear they could be you know driving in life, and, and they're ready ready to do it. And and some of the things, one of my favorite things to do is I I do stuff three times a month. I do something called a super results day. And so Super Results Day is where we get on Zoom uh, in the morning and we do a little mind dump. Everybody mind dumps their day, what they need to get done for the day. And then we, we go about and we do those things. So we're only on maybe for like, say, 20 or 30 minutes. And then we come back to Zoom every three hours um, and, and we do that a total of four Zooms. But what happens is everybody is knocking out their to-do list with this high-level group accountability, and then the day has a theme to it. So, so I, I sprinkle in a theme like might be you know declutter day, so you know, or home office day, or um, you know, we just did a decision filters day. Like it was a whole day where you learned about uh, you know how to create decision filters so that you could get more done, um, but that so so you could also avoid decision fatigue and and all kinds of stuff. Decision filters really cool. But but anyway, the day have a theme but but you're crushing your personal to-do list that day um so so that's some of my some of my favorite stuff to to work on and work with all that when you said theme i was thinking like sesame street today's sponsored by letter m and milk or something like that <laughs> but no that's great so very cool so everyone who wants to do better learn better be a better x essentially and their business and their personal life should find you where can they go to actually find you though uh, yeah, I would say the easiest thing is I, I did a TEDx talk 
about the concept I talked about at the beginning called White Table, what you think about, you bring about. So I did a TEDx talk. And so if you go to blainetedx.com, so B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com, you can opt in and get that. Then you'll have my email. We can be connected. Uh, you'll get some articles from me. Uh, and, and if I can, you'll, you'll find out about the super results days. But if I can help you in any way, I would I would love to do that. And uh, I'm working from home. I'm in, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. The kids are out of the nest. So I really have a, a high degree of time to, to help people. So I'm, I'm uh, kind of passionately doing that and, and, and really do enjoy it. That's very cool. Is everything that you do via Zoom and online stuff or do you do in-person coaching and teaching as well? Uh, yeah, I, I, mostly online, but, but uh, you know, probably, um, you know, let's say eight to 12 times a year, I, I'm doing an in-person event. So some of it's the mastermind groups where, you know, they have a live event, live component to their membership. So I'll go into, and, you know, teach and train about, about getting results. And then occasionally I do, you know, some speaking engagements, um, you know, again, typically around like mindset, hacking your head trash, uh, rewiring your brain or, or, you know, you know, crunching time, 30 minute hours, you know, things, things like that. That's very cool. Well, Blaine, before we finish this out, is there anything that you wanted to revisit or that you like wanted to mention or make sure that people know about? Yeah, you know, I, I think what I, I'd like people to really realize is the power that they have, you know, what you think about, you bring about, and the power that they have, you know, in their mind. And 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 what I found in life is that um, the lens that you look through at life, that determines you know, how your life, how that life, how that day, how that week, how that, how it all turns out. And it's, it's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And I often tell the story of, you know, if I said, okay, Stephen, the lens for today, I say, you know what, today's going to be a really, really bad day for you. I'm sorry. It's just going to be a terrible day. And that's the lens I hand you. And then you're almost hit by a car and you'd say, oh my gosh, I was almost killed. Blaine was right. And you'd be shaking and you'd be timid the rest of the day. You're looking around, you know, what's the next bad thing that's going to happen? And you're going to be all kind of constricted and tight, right? Now, if that same day I handed you a different lens and I said, Stephen, today's going to be one of the best days of your life. I don't know why, but something magical is going to happen. And then that same exact circumstance, you're almost hit by the car happens. But this time you say, Blaine was right. I'm spared. Like the universe has a reason for me. I'm still on the planet. I've got something to do. I've got purpose. I've got life. And you're smiling and you're happy and you're open and you're energetic. And that only difference in, in what happened that day was that lens that you look through. So my, my final point is to be really clear about that lens uh, because you know what you think about, you bring about, what you search for, you're going to find. And if you have the right lens, and if I'm having a bunch of bad days in a row, I, I, I know that it's time to clean the lens. That's awesome. I love that. That's <laughs> absolutely right. Some plenty of relationships where you just see people bickering and you're just like, bro, neither one of you is doing what the other person thinks you're doing. Like it's <laughs> gotta assume good intent. Like yeah, yeah. Or, or make the best of it, right? So or, it's, it's not mm -hmm. what's happening, but but it's it's how it's how you decide to respond yeah. and, and package it awesome. in your own mind. Well, that's awesome. Well, Blaine, thank you so much for being on Subject to Change and everyone else, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know.
be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.